0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 423 on Tuesday, the 7th of September 2021. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And now that the news is back from its summer holidays, we'll be finding
1: out how fleet of foot some are in Paris. We confirm that petrol station uniforms will now be stripy jumpers and masks. And we find out that Hot Wheels wants to make a model of your car. Well... Maybe. But first, we have a touch of follow up.
0: And amazingly, I'm going to take the French news story. (laughs) Because you always take the first follow up story, and it's the only follow up story, Andrew. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Now now we've thrown open the secret kimono of the back end of our how we do things.
0: Keep going, God, stop.
1: So uh, we (gasps) discussed not so long ago that Paris was introducing a new 30 kilometer per hour speed limit across the city. Uh, This was all part of trying to reduce emissions, but also to make the environment that people moved around in much nicer and easier for those who want to walk about or cycle or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Now, one very clever sports shop or running shop called Distance that's the English pronunciation. Distant. <laughs> this is why I should have taken it, but never mind. They were incredibly clever. What they did is they roped in some professional runners to go down past speed cameras at night and trigger them, <laughs> which is, I, it's not often I will applaud yeah. PRs, but in this instance, I'm definitely
0: applauding whoever Absolutely thought genius. this up.
1: That's brilliant.
0: Yeah. And just after half past midnight it was flashed at, 36 kilometers an hour running in the 30 kilometer an hour zone somehow they managed to get hold of the camera but on a serious point it is causing some upset so even though really? the average in paris you do surprise
1: me that they've been told to do something they didn't necessarily choose to do themselves
0: <laughs> yes uh, people are complaining that pedestrians are going faster than the cars which i think is exaggerating a bit but weren't they before anyway well, on average, yes, but not all the time. Taxi drivers are unhappy. Couriers are concerned about their ability to make urgent deliveries, and they are also having to move driving lessons away from the city centre in order to teach skills like overtaking. Um, to be honest, I don't think it. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm either not sure if that's going to be far enough away for them to teach overtaking, uh, or if they were just going to do it anyway. But yes, a little bit of a silly piece of follow-up there, but it was uh, it, it made me chuckle when I read it <laughs> If you want more, it's in uh, English language French sort of newspaper connection which is where I steal many of these things from because they send me an email every day. mm-hmm No, I did like that one. Right take us on to the start of the month so that means Well it is it's the start of the month and that means we have the SMMT new car registration figures for August. Traditionally quiet month for plates, so it's always a bit up and down because people often want to wait for the 1st of September. It is, of course, now past the 1st of September, and I couldn't actually tell you what the new number plate is. Is it 72? No idea. Okay. it's made been made so complicated over the last decade and a half that it's it's almost impossible to track.
1: I'd also add that now it's twice a year. The relevance
0: seems a lot less but it still seems to make a difference does, especially yeah. in august. It does, yeah. Anyway, compared to last year, uh numbers are down 22%. Now last year remember there was a bit of a there was still a bit of a catch up in in august because people weren't quite so bothered uh, about the plate change because they just wanted the cars that they'd ordered before lockdown uh, and the fact that they could actually go to or near a car dealership was still a massive <laughs> massive novelty yes of course the challenge this year are chip shortages so to balance that of course there are there seems to be demand for cars and new cars certainly a number of people i have been speaking to and have got in touch with me on twitter and stuff are saying is it me or and it's generally or there is not the availability of new models some some cars taking being quoted with particularly long lead times. So, again, knock-on effect. Before you go any further with this,
1: actually, there was a really interesting, if you're interested in the the how the chip shortage is affecting the industry, there was a really interesting webinar put on by Autocar Business. Mm, I missed that, yeah. Uh, which they had Mike Hawes and uh, I can't remember the analyst specialist. Oh, I feel so embarrassed I can't remember his name. But they were both really good. The What they were telling us was really interesting and it explained I mean put it this way we we feel we've got quite a good handle on why the problem is such as mm. it is for the car industry. But they told a few other things that added some layers on top of that, which uh, expanded my knowledge on it, which I was really grateful to to listen to. So if you can, go through and see if you can get the past recording of that, which I, I know if you'd signed up beforehand, you do get the recording, so you may be able to still get that. But it was really worthwhile. And keep an eye out for those, because they do have some interesting topics that come up on that. Yes.
0: it Was it the, semi, the semiconductor crisis yes. now to solve it? Yeah. It was uh, last Thursday yeah i don't know if you can still sign up from that story it might be worth just just having a little check on auto car website and then the business button at the top and scrolling down a bit it was ian henry from auto analysis that's it. And the person you. whose name you couldn't remember yeah
1: sorry i interrupted you there but it was a really good webinar
0: so yes thanks for that andrew that's an interesting one that, that yeah i kind of wish i'd been able to dial into that now different types of vehicle uh despite the general downward trend so uh Petrol vehicles being registered, petrol non-mild hybrids down 40%, diesel down 64.5%. Mild hybrids, which of course cross both of those, up 45.9%. So I don't know where the balance sits really, because all those three are essentially the same. But your BEVs, FEVs and HEVs are up 36.9%. It's worth mentioning that an EV style vehicle, the BEVs, FEVs, and HEVs uh, make up 30.1% of market share last month, which is fairly high. That's mm. that's pretty chunky. Mild hybrids made up 19%, majority of them being petrol mild hybrids by quite a significant balance. But then that's, that's still essentially a petrol car, so they make up 47.6% with some quick mental arithmetic. Yeah. Battery electric vehicles year to date i actually noticed cuz if you go to the month then obviously the last month spiked a bit uh battery electric vehicles year to date 8.4% though and fe- and fevs 6.6% and hybrid hybrids are 8.7% so so it's pretty much as many battery electric vehicles as 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 non plug in hybrids um registered cool. so far
1: this year mm, this well, year not just for august what is shocking though is the market share uh, of the diesels, even if you include the mild, high oh yeah, it's diesels. way
0: it's way down. So I mean, it's year-to-date market share for diesels is what fifteen sixteen point four percent. Used to be used to be pushing sixty. Yeah, even back when we started this podcast, it was it was well over fifty. Yeah, it was
1: yeah. I, I remember it being fifty-two and going, oh, that's a
0: bit low. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, ex- exactly. So I mean, diesels just. I mean a large chunk chunk of that is nobody's making them so nobody can buy them. So mm. it's not just so you can come along and go, ah oh, it's buyers, nobody's buying them. Um it's not quite true. It's it's nobody's making them so nobody can buy them. It's a it's a that sort of vicious spiral. I think once the trend started, then mm. the
1: manufacturers quickly for for an industry that keeps being claimed that it's slow and a dinosaur, there are many times it moves incredibly rapidly
0: and is very agile on its feet. <laughs> generally when it comes to ways to save money yes yes <laughs> if it's hitting the bottom line go on, watch them shift <laughs> like a rat up a drain pipe anyway do you want to take us through the top 10 yeah it's an interesting top 10 you can tell who can make cars and who can't right at the minute to be perfectly <laughs> or honest or which cars they want to make well that is the deal yeah you you aim Obviously, if you can only make a set number of cars, you need to make as much money as possible. So you, so you bias towards a more profitable. Number ten, the Toyota Corolla one thousand and thirty three. These are not big numbers. Has that ever month. been in a top ten? The Corolla, or the Yaris, not since we started? No. Not since we started. I, I, I would be amazed been. if it was since we started. Even the Yaris hasn't wasn't for a long time. Number nine, the Mercedes-Benz A-Class 1047. This gives you a flavor of how this is going to go. Number eight, the Ford Fiesta. See our previous comments and just hold on a tick. (laughs) Number seven, the Vauxhall Corsa 1166. Uh, Number six, the Hyundai Tucson, which explains why I seem to be seeing them everywhere at the minute. 1,169, number 5, BMW 3 Series, number 4, the Kia Sportage, Uh, number 3, take a drink, it's the Toyota Yaris, 1,480, number 2, the Volkswagen Polo. Richard, take a drink. (laughs) Yes, uh, 1,761, and number 1, the most registered new car, in the UK in August 2021, was the Ford Puma with 1,801. That's got to be one of the lowest ever number one figures. It's it's pretty low. It's pretty low. It's not, of course, a Tesla quarter end month. No. Otherwise, you can imagine what it would be like with the Model 3 up at the top there. Yep. It's not the month of the wave. Vauxhall <laughs> uh, Corsa, by the way, 27,381. Is about just under three thousand registrations ahead of the Ford Fiesta so far. Yep, this year. Uh, spreadsheet or doom, which is quite doomy, but not as doomy as it has been.
1: Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's pretty doomy. So I'll just run through basically: uh, Alpha, BMW, Citroen, Dacia, DS, 4 Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Maserati, Mercedes, Mini, Mitsubishi, Nissan, Peugeot. Porsche, Renault, Skoda, Smart, Sanyong, Vauxhall, Volkswagen, and as Alan alluded to before, other imports all down significantly on the percentages. Some mm-hmm. of those in real terms are not that big. Obviously, the likes of Maserati, you know, that's not a massive number, but percentage wise, it is big and chunky. Alan, yeah. cheer us up with some positives, please.
0: I saw a Suzuki Swaisse today. How's about that for a positive? Wow. Yes. I thought, that's an odd-looking Corolla, and then realized. <laughs> yes, you were right. <laughs> yes, uh, and it was a Swiss, yes. That, that's, that's how interesting my... That, uh, I haven't really been far from the house today. Anyway, uh, on the up, Alpine, Bentley, Lexus, Mazda, MG, Polestar, Subaru, and Suzuki, which is what reminded me about spotting the Suisse. Congratulations to Polestar for the most ridiculous percentage increase. Yes, 738.46%. Uh, which will make Lexus a little bit unhappy because they were 119.57. I start
1: when I started color coding the, the spreadsheet, and yes, I color coded the spreadsheet. Everyone, then he I, I saw that when I got down as far as Lexus, I thought, "Ooh, that's quite a large number. They may get a congratulations this month, but no, Polestar came and ruined that for them." But uh, yeah,
0: there were a couple that were just with just out with the percentages. So Toyota was was up as well. Uh, Hyundai were up. But not quite as high. Keel yeah. up a fraction as well. Yeah. So, so, so we, we don't. Yeah.
1: We, we have cutoffs. Otherwise, we would li- I would literally be reading you every line. We used
0: to not really have cutoffs, <laughs> and it was really dull, a bit like us discussing whether or not to have the cutoffs. So uh, moving on from that, Andrew, uh, Hyundai, whom I mentioned a moment ago.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, Hyundai's turn to be the manufacturer that announces they're going to go electric only from a certain date, and that certain date is going to be 2035. They will be only selling zero-emission vehicles – or sorry, they will be ceasing selling petrol and diesel vehicles from 2035. Mm-hmm. And across global markets in 2040, they will be removing all internal combustion engine vehicles as options. Yeah, No real surprise, uh, as with any of these now, the way that legislation is going. And what I do find interesting, a couple of things from this story, which is why we're particularly mentioning it. One is they give it five years before all markets have it removed, which Mm -hmm. is because we've always th- we've always talked about haven't we that it's all very well and good for us in the wealthy europe or north america or even yeah. china to a certain degree going Nope, we're gonna we're gonna be electric now because we should be. And you go to Africa or South America all the, all or the
0: Philippines or somewhere like yeah, that.
1: somewhere that is not you know a financially massive
0: powerhouse. Remember that the last uh, refinery stopped making leaded petrol in in Algeria last week. Our Sometimes myopic view, which I
1: did acknowledge last week talking about the leaded petrol story, um, myopic view is perhaps we do need to expand our horizons sometimes. So I find Mm. it very interesting that they feel within five years they can remove internal combustion engines and still meet the demand that they feel they'll have across all markets. I think that's that's a big shout. Especially at the small end of the market. Yeah. Uh, but the the other thing, because there will be two articles linked to in the show notes here. The other thing they they are talking about, obviously, Hyundai is a big proponent of hydrogen. If oh, was it a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. BMW was talking with them and said we want to do partnership on technology and stuff of the hydrogen, yeah, they do, and babe. that's how they're they've upped their hydrogen game, as it were. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Hyundai is really going; it was really pushing uh, hydrogen now. They. They, and to quote them, they say they will popularise hydrogen. I'm not really in favour of that phrase.
0: No, well, I, I would take, prefer oh. educate people. <laughs> did, did you see a, did you, so there was a tweet today from uh, from Mercedes Commercial Vehicles PR uh, Jamie framer And it was showing the, the different, uh, the, the commercial vehicle aspect of that with mercedes and it was like and it was it was three vehicles the first two were evs and the first one was saying uh was you know short short runs short trips and set routes known routes mm-hmm. the next one was longer trips and known routes and that was ev as well and the last one was was longer trip unknown routings and that was hydrogen yeah which i thought was quite an interesting way of just showing look they're all trucks but trucks do very different things and yeah. therefore they need different different propulsion systems absolutely um, which which i th- i thought was the right kind of kind of thing in balance that gets yeah. forgotten about i think it becomes a little a little it becomes very tribal well we've um, seen that obviously. this week uh, i
1: yeah. i retweeted a a tweet a thread where uh, someone very quickly goes. Oh, I thought you were from the other side, proposing hydrogen, and the, and the person replied and just went. These arguments are very silly, and, yes. and they don't help anyone. But they were the, the other the other um, tweeter was adamant that no, it's electric. That's the only future. That's all we can do. Yes, well, that, and you just of going we, have we not learned that we by just going one way, we compromise somewhere, and that mm-hmm. compromise costs environmentally. I mean, everything we do costs environmentally anyway, whether we're creating a new car or keeping an old car going. Doesn't matter. There is a cost, and it's working out how we can minimize those costs. So we need to pick the right, you know, as we keep saying on this show, and everyone who listens to the show knows and is in agreement with us because no one has ever disagreed with us. It's the right vehicle. (laughs) You said that on the internet, yeah. The job. Yeah, yeah. no, because. Our no, listeners You're would right. definitely right. come back right. and argue if they felt it.
0: <laughs> well, we'd know about it.
1: Yeah, but it's the right vehicle for the job you want to do at the time. And mm-hmm. and that involves the propulsion, the the powertrain as well. Yep. But these, these are two really interesting articles, but irrespective of what I've just said there. These are two really interesting articles, and, I, and I, I'm very interested in the approach that's being taken as
0: well. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't I not like them to do something they don't think they're going to succeed at?
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: So, Alan, would you like to uh, tell
1: us how we can easily remortgage our houses before going to the petrol station?
0: Um, no, but I will tell you that fuel now costs us twenty p a litre more than a year ago. Just, just remind me: is this like petrol we get from four courts, the
1: same four courts that pleaded with us last year? Please don't forget we exist. We're really desperate for your business.
0: Yes. Oh, that, okay. those ones those yeah. same ones the trouble with fuel price increases though is that they are sick they, they they form a cycle it's much like i was saying earlier on about being able to buy some thing in that, when the price of fuel rises the price of delivering the fuel rises <laughs> the price of actually making the fuel rises because the fuel price rises and then you have to write back before you've even taken the oil out of the well it's causing right it, it causes rises in costs nice and that's racket exact- to be in <laughs> Yeah, it's all right. (laughs) It has knock-on effect because it makes the supply chain for that particular product more expensive. So it just just keeps on going up. But yes, it is quite. It's it's been quite significant uh, over over the last nine months, uh, where it's essentially increased continuously. A slight, a tiny drop, actually, in the month of August, but it didn't really feel like it. the entire
1: country was on the road. Yeah. So they didn't need to keep sticking it up to make whatever percentage profits they were making, and I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, basically that. Yes, because yes. they did
0: it through volume rather than price rise. Should I tell you a really expensive way to buy petrol? Go on then. Let me tell you a really expensive way to buy petrol. It's it's if you want it delivered to you in the French autoroute because oh, you no.
1: because you
0: because you haven't read the signs properly and you missed the exit for the for the uh, for the service station in the roadworks oh no yeah yeah and then you sort of get to the stage where it's saying it's four miles left and then you see the sign saying it's 20 kilometers to the next fuel station so you you pull into the to the air and you speak to a nice person from the auto route thing and he phones a breakdown company and they come and they present you with a bill for 155 euros and seven cents for 22 liters of octane. Oh, through your own I stupidity am, am so, so sorry. just remember everyone there is this massive spike in my my you know my my thingy tracking app yes. <laughs> six euros a liter uh so wow. yes yes oh. just just don't do that folks i'm and not i'm not gonna are, mock that i just feel very sorry for you because that uh, it was the crowning glory there yes were, there, were, there were reasons i know what was happening with the rest
1: of your week so that, yeah, that just like, no that way i'm just, gonna that just capped last week the fact you're not actually in prison now for multiple murders means i am incredibly proud of you as a human alan (laughs) it's not to do with
0: murders just everything being difficult so uh last week it was it was special but yes this was the crowning glory on that yeah still it was sunny and i stopped somewhere that wasn't the hard shoulder so result okay right i'm gonna i'm gonna take us to something a bit more positive (laughs) And a bit happier, hopefully,
1: (laughs) so not to give Alan flashbacks. But this is the news that Connected Curb, the company that works on installing on-street electric vehicle chargers, has put 22 in Lambeth. Now, Lambeth is, I think, the first council to have declared or first London councils who have declared a climate emergency so they have really been pushing forward for zero emission vehicles if if we're allowed to say zero emission even the tires etc zero t-
0: zero tailpipe emission zero tailpipe that's the, emission. That's yes, the only right, one I've caveats. found a way of getting around there
1: <laughs> but they've been installing a seven kilowatt unit so that's obviously overnight type charging because it's not it's not fast in any way but they're they're on the The side of pavements or in uh in estates that don't really have access to charging easily and and this is to to show that even those places that don't have their own drive which is i think there's something like eighty it says in this article people with driveways make up eighty percent of e v owners and that means there's there's 20% who live in houses or flats with no access to off-street parking. So it's how do we cater for those? Because as EV adoption goes through the population, the percentage obviously shifts massively away yeah. from drive driveway owners. It's also to try and sort of pop the myth that it's only for the, well, the more well-off to be able mm. to drive an EV. Okay, there's the initial cost aside. But that... Being able to charge your vehicle and get around day to day should not just be the preserve of those who are more wealthy and uh, and have a lifestyle that allows that yes. easier. So uh, I'm I'm really impressed with this uh, with this scheme. Yeah, um, I'm quietly impressed with Connected Curb, uh, and I, I like the way that they're they're going about this. They are they're doing it in
0: areas that will definitely get a lot of press as well. Yes. Yeah, I agree. The, the one bit in the article that made me sigh was they feature contactless payment via the Connected Curb app, and I went, I just thought, oh, another app. Mm. But hopefully they'll pair up with someone like uh, ZapMap or someone to like, yeah. do the Zap Pay.
1: Yeah, hopefully. Something like that
0: would be nice. Well, I think that's the end of the first part. Alan. It is. It is. And that means it's Guilt Minute, that break in the show where we ask for a tad of financial support to get the lights on and the hosting running. And if you feel that the Motoring Podcast is worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise available from our website and spring store from stickers to mugs and t-shirts. If you don't have any spare cash and we completely understand, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all of that, and some of you do, so thanks, as I say, every week, uh, then the last thing you can do is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues. Yes, thank you to everybody who does. Absolutely right. I'm going to go into new new car news.
1: Oh, there's a wodge of it this week. There is. and is. I'm going to start out with the Hyundai Casper. And I think I'm going to get the Casper bit out the out the way here. It's a, it's a friendly little ghost, isn't it? Apparently, no. Apparently this is to do with skateboarding and it's a trick where the board is flipped upside down and back to front all in one swift movement before you break your neck. (laughs) Did did you not know that? No, funnily enough, I didn't know that, Alan. No, as as an old broken man, I did not know a skateboarding trick. But this is a funky, cute little SUV super mini thingy. Think along the lines of the Suzuki Ignis. Mm-hmm. but in Hyundai's st- well, not their normal style. This is this is uniquely looking vehicle, uh,
0: and I think it looks brilliant. It's a little cutie, isn't it? I like the press picture, which is, is in this, this autocar story that you can click to, and it's got two of them splashing through a puddle like two happy little puppies. Mm. It's it's great. I just think it's really smart. It's really nice. It's not coming to the UK, though. It's, it's only for North Korea, isn't no, it? No, uh, and at that point, I would like all our listeners to to
1: tweet hyundai uk and yeah. complain very loudly that this is not coming to the uk
0: yeah because i think so.
1: they're missing a trick no i mean in all seriousness although i think it looks gorgeous and all the rest of it i really think that's missing a trick by not yeah. coming here as people are moving want SUVs mm-hmm. a funky little suv is totally non-threatening
0: yeah the volkswagen id id two well it's going to be the id two but it's the concept that previews it is essentially the same idea but electric yeah
1: well the one that looks a lot like the honda e
0: yeah well yeah it's a and the but- uh whatever the fiat panda one was <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think actually that the production car, I know we're skipping ahead here, but I think the production car will actually be better looking than the concept, I think. Well, it'll have a proper steering wheel for starters. Well, yeah, it's a good start. Uh, so the next one that everybody was talking about last week was what the first Munich. Of course, IAA Munich is on right at the minute. Formerly IA Frankfurt, but now not in Frankfurt, in Munich. <laughs> and it's on. so there's this kind of pent up number of announcements hence why we're sort of jogging through these, which is a good thing because the next one is the Dacia Jogger. And it's, well, it replaces a bunch of Dacia's. dacha dacha It's supposed da- to be dacha or Dacia. Yeah. Well, I think they let us Brits
1: get away with, as everybody does, because we're just going to butcher everybody's name. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, so, yes, the Dacia Jogger. And it replaces a whole load which weren't necessarily sold here. It replaces the Docker, which was particularly unpleasant, the Lodgy, which was quite odd-looking, and the Logan MCV, which, was again, was a little bit gawky. Mm. And it's a sort of SUV van thing. It's kind of halfway between an estate and an SUV and, and a bit of MPV in there, too. It's got three rows of seats, all of which fold properly, especially the middle one. It folds in two bits. The back goes down, then the front goes up just like nil the and then you can remove it but not flat flat i don't care it's old school and it actually folds properly unlike mm. most cars it's essentially the same as a sandero from the B pillar forwards but the jogger is is available it, no the sandero's the hatchback isn't it i'm getting myself mixed up with my no no the, the,
1: it's got the same yeah. front as the sandero that's, yeah it's got that's the, same the big front thing they the were sand. talking about is that it's got the the same front panel so this will be keeping costs down but, yeah and but, clever
0: design it covers up. did you see by the way the roof rails yes so the roof rails you know you normally get the roof rails down the side of the rails and then you have to go off and then you have to get cross bars and stuff from expensive companies and i then... don't know anything about that at all that are still no oh my... this is true <laughs> as well as the massive I had forgotten roof box about that, that i had yes. not
1: taken off
0: <laughs> still not No. so then you've got to try and cart those around if you might want to carry something somewhere well actually on the the jogger they made it so that they they swivel and so that the center sections of the sidebars become the crossbar
1: i'd like to see that in real life because there was a couple of bits of the animation i was thinking how does that work
0: really neatly by the looks Mm, of it yeah but
1: i want i want to see it i I I like the cleverness though don't get me wrong i like the cleverness of that idea
0: i love that this is clever i love that this is simple and i love that they've not yeah, I think it's clever and simple vehicle here. And I think that that's something that's missing generally. Uh, and I think it's really cool. And it is actually coming to the UK. And it will start uh, probably for a five-seater, I imagine, which is relatively stripped out at £12,900. Oh, no, that's a seven-seater. Pardon me. Uh, that, well, I reckon well, it'll
1: be about 15000 with import duties and all the rest of it on top. Yeah. It's probably going to start about £15,000. I would guess. It's still not bad,
0: by the way. In in you know in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two numbers, which is when that's coming here, then that's that's pretty good. I'm not particularly sold on
1: the looks, but I like uh, some of the touches to it, and I like the fact that they are trying has to climbing. fit. Uh, uh, you know, they're trying to make no frills economical dro- uh, motoring for
0: you know people who need to haul a few people around. It's the most real world car that I've seen come out of Munich so far. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another one which is second to that, which is kind of cool. But which, funnily enough from Renault too, so I might as well say what it is. It's the Megane, the new Megane electric SUV thing, which I think is a darn good looking thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool stuff coming from Renault and Renault Group at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take
1: us to Cooper though now. Mm-hmm. And the Urban Rebel, all one word. And it's a concept, funnily enough, when you see the pictures of it, you if you haven't already, then you'll be going, oh, yeah, that—that that is a concept. Cool color. <laughs> but it is showing the basis of urban EVs, mm-hmm. um, which are going to be very important for the VW group. They're going to be based on the uh, MEB entry platform, uh, it was announced that Seat will be building the economical versions of the Volkswagen. Uh, no, sorry, the Audi and the Skoda models that mm-hmm. will use this this platform as well. So that's interesting. How Volkswagen are now ensuring that the different companies are actually relevant within the group? Because we've 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 said it since we started. It's taken a while. What's Seat. Why are they there? And now there's Cupra. I would argue we're saying it even louder because mm-hmm. Cooper's making the interesting stuff. They are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they are genuinely.
1: Um, For they are the nice ones, things.
0: yeah, they are. They're making really
1: interesting stuff. They're the ones who are allowed to go off and do something a little bit extra. Mm-hmm. Whereas the rest of the group aren't. Remember it's not so long ago that Volkswagen said, right, we're just basically going to rebadge our models and that stops Skoda having interesting looking vehicles that were different, oh, sorry, no, not stop them having interesting looking vehicles, stop them having different looking vehicles that were an interesting take on the same platform. Yeah. I mean, as a concept, it's brilliant. It's it's mad, it's ridiculous, and we're going to see it in whatever, you know, the latest Gran Turismo or Forza Motorsport.
0: But what's really <sighs> interesting as a production idea, which there will be somewhere under all that, is that that super sporty bewinged thing sits on the same mqb platform as the id life which is the name of the the little the little white oh, yeah. boxy volkswagen thing concept that's being shown so it's quite interesting it's the same platform but they're very very different it's, it's yeah. completely opposite ends of the spectrum which is kind of an interesting comparison
1: yeah i love the fact that they've been allowed to explore even mm-hmm. if it's only like concepts, but they've been still, the different companies have been allowed to explore and go, go on, express yourself as a company with what you think you can do with this platform. I really like that because yeah. right now Volkswagen need those ideas.
0: They, they, they don't
1: do. need cookie cutters. They need ideas in which to engage the public to buy EVs. Even though we're being pushed down that route with legislation, I
0: think that that's, and I think that that's something which maybe other companies haven't really realised yet, and they are cookie-cuttering out these these electric SUVs. But I don't think they've got the scale to be able to do it either. No, well, that's it. Volkswagen did. It. I mean, eleven million cars last year.
1: And well, it's it's the se- you know it's the same size vehicle in the same sector, but a different company. So mm. you've got like four different versions of the, of, of the same platform. So you can cater to, you know, a really wide range of people's mm. wants.
0: Yeah. The other big German brands, if you, if you haven't guessed who I was internet, that, um, haven't, haven't just haven't got that, that scale. No, not at all. Nope. Right. Uh, so generally Munich show, I mean, those were some of the sort of pre, kind pre, of oh, announced pre thing. I mean, Mercedes big, big announcements from Mercedes, uh, kind nothing that massive from BMW. They put out a concept, which is a bit sort of. It's all about the recycling, is actually what the concept is all about, which is just as well because it's not great on the look. You know, you know what excited me most about BMW? Their bikes.
1: I thought that, they. You looked are not the first person fabulous. to say that. They looked yeah. amazing. The car, I thought, was a mess on many levels. I liked the idea behind. Some of the decisions they made. I did like the ideas behind that. Things like mm-hmm. they etched in the badge, rather than it was a
0: separate part. Yeah, it's it's a, it was a collection of ideas rather than. So it, so as a result, I don't think it could be. The ideas were the important part, not yes. the actual concept.
1: Let's let's forget about the what it looks like. Henrik Fisk the, the ideas stars. need exploring and are worthwhile.
0: Yeah, they're cool.
1: But the bikes looked brilliant. Absolutely mm-hmm. love them i mean if if i could having having tried to ride a motorbike if i could have just a single twist and go i i would and i could afford it i would that's what i would have as my personal to get around town and mm-hmm. stuff absolutely no problem about that whatsoever the ask me to jump up and down and try and you know pat my tummy and rub my head and all yeah, this no. sort of stuff and it's not going to happen but electric bikes for me Seem to open it up to a lot more people. And I noticed on in the summer so many people had electric bicycles that would never have had a bicycle.
0: Yes, well, that's the big thing about, it, about the assisted bikes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. People go, "Oh, it's not a proper bicycle. But then oh, on the other hand, better Just than not away. having one. Well, well done. Like, you I, you I, go I like off the and climb up I, a
1: mountain on your bike, but yeah, at I, least this person is now out
0: of their car. More, exactly. uh, And I, I like e-scooters for the same reason, but don't tell anyone.
1: Yeah, I just would like the, uh, the the children around here
0: have found the e-scooters. Ah, okay. Yes, we have similar issues. Anyway, the last one I like from here, because we're going off on a way to, on a tangent, is a Mercedes-Benz EQE. Mm. So where the EQS was a bit beluga-ish, I think the EQE, it works... De- <laughs> By taking the same shape and scaling it down a little bit on the photocopier, it actually works much, much better. It doesn't have that sort of bloatiness around it. The, the grill's still not not awesome. The interior is just screen-tastic, which I don't really like either. But I think the actual form factor is kind of cool. I like it. Yep. I do actually like it. It's really yep. neat. Anyway, uh, that's enough. Oh, no, you'll notice we've not mentioned Stellantis. I don't even know if Stellantis are at, at Munich. There's been nothing, nothing at all this week. And not no, even anything trying to trying to jump the gun by by releasing press coverage before, even though they're not there, because that quite often happens with with companies. But Renault made such a big splash and nothing from Peugeot or Citroen or DS.
1: No, I don't I just don't think they're there. No. No. It's strange. Yeah.
0: Anyway, designer's mood
1: board. Yes, the first of two. Uh, and it is that uh, Peter Horbury has been appointed Senior Vice President of Design for Group Lotus. He was the roving design guru for Geely for quite a few years, where he was setting up the the design studios across the globe, and he was overseeing the overall design language for the Geely group. But now he's going to um, to look after Group Lotus which is fabulous because obviously he's got such a, well, I'm very fond of the designs he's done. If you look at some of the Volvos he's been involved in and things like that, it's it's difficult not to, uh, as well as the time at Ford, they may not have been executed on well, but I I think they're interesting designs. Mm -hmm. Um, Lotus really has, I'm I'm still sitting here with fingers and toes crossed, but it really does appear that Geely are giving them every tool possible to
0: make this work. I think they're becoming the Geely R&D Centre as well. Yeah. To an extent. It's... Oh, yeah. Anyway. Talking of Geely. So there is now a gap. (laughs) There is now a gap at Geely. Well, there was a gap at Geely, but there isn't, because the Bentley design chief, Stefan Silath, has now become the Vice President of Global Design for the Geely Auto Group. So he steps in where Peter Horbury has just stepped out. His previous work, uh, Silaf's previous work, includes the design of the Bentley Bentayga, uh, as well as the current generation of Audi A1 Sportback and A7 Sportback models, which are quite distinctive and, and but pretty handsome things within the, the various brand boundaries. Mm-hmm. So, lunchtime read, Andrew.
1: <laughs> Yeah, this one's been we've we've held on to for a little while, and it was uh, an article that came out in the Guardian back in the middle of August, and it's the Transport for the North boss was saying there needs to be a debate on the, ra- the on raising the cost of driving, mainly from the point of view of using that to subsidise public transport. Now, obviously, when you read that as a motorist and you think, oh another person wants to tax us or charge us or take money off us, et cetera, et cetera. And it's very easy to go down that route. Mm. However, I would suggest this is part, of, and he does talk about it, does Martin Tugwell, that this is part of a bigger conversation we need to have, particularly on a society level that we aren't having
0: at the moment. He didn't seem he he's so From what i've read i've read the guardian article he actually seems quite reasonable on the whole thing and that he is not some crazy hair shirted muesli eating person on these things and i don't know to an extent i mean i mean my personal feeling is that public transport in the uk is too expensive and it's too expensive for the level of service it delivers. Yes. So I'm like, oh, well, you should make that cheaper. But but the trouble is that it, you can only make driving more expensive when the quality of service. If there's something it, to replace it. it. If there's something because, to replace it. And because because I don't if you even watched, uh, if yeah. you
1: saw Greg, um, oh, sorry, what's his name? Greg from, uh, in Germany. For, who Greg reports, Cable. Yes, Greg Cable. He was talking about, um, the German transport system, because the train strikes were in place, and mm-hmm. the cost of fuel over there is quite high. Mm-hmm. And then there's talks about banning cars and going. Mm-hmm. And his and that was basically his argument is that you can't do that if we have no choice. You are penalising yeah. someone from wanting to travel or needing to travel around, and that's not fair. Hmm. Do, do you want? Do you want to know a secret? Go German trains aren't that good. I got that impression from his tweets actually not that great yeah yeah but but I think I think this is all these aspects are being looked at in isolation and mm-hmm. we're not when they come up we're not talking to the public or whatever as adults although I think as you say in this article Martin Tugwell is trying to do that he is trying to have say sensible things that need at least to be considered and discussed, whether they're yeah. adopted or not is a different matter, mm-hmm. but they need to be discussed and he goes on and he does say about have we we, have are we to, basically
0: reading out no no I'm not, I'm not I'm not going to go too much, but
1: guys but it's really interesting it is interesting because as Alan says, this is not from someone who wants to ban uh, ban all cars tomorrow and therefore you have to live in a little mud hut in your own village and you can never leave it for the rest of your life. He's not, he's not that sort of person. He's not coming across like that. Uh, On this, on this front, I was reading an article about your own internal bias. Mm. And when I first read this, my internal bias was kicked massively into, this is someone who just wants to stop me driving because they've got to prop up their own job. And when you calm down a little bit, take a breath and read it again, as you say, it's, it's sensible points that need to be discussed yeah
0: yeah exactly now Have there a is a,
1: there is a counter <clears throat> from autocar um from julian reynolds that you can click in the show notes they'll be both together so you can read the guardian article first and then the autocar one and just so you've got um this is one of those where there is both sides to an argument that's worth of listening <laughs> actually
0: yeah. yeah it really is uh, and that's why it was a good one to include
1: yeah uh, it, it's but it is a conversation
0: we, we do need to have, really cool. is. Excellent. Shall we relax a little bit into list of the week, which is far less yeah. intense than I think most of this week's stories have turned into. Yes, maybe um, that's our
1: bias again. It's just we, we're
0: having intense weeks. <laughs> uh, so, list, uh, actually by Richard Dredge, who you can read in many other things, including classic retro and modern and it's crazy concept cars of the jet age and it's uh, 25 or so of them and it's join us for a look at when concept cars almost literally went to the stars but it was a time when well definitely
1: america was so about optimistic the about the future wasn't it it and was so positive was and so we're about- going to grab the future and we can do this exactly and this is
0: i mean it's jetson's fantastic it is. that sort of period of the, the sort of late 50s early 60s it really is so i mean there are lots here so andrew take your pick i'm going to choose the 1961 chrysler turbo flight okay so it gave its name to a an automatic uh, an automatic transmission i'm now trying to find it here i can't find it andrew about everything else oh yes gosh that's a bit bad isn't it it's mm-hmm. got a
1: huge wing across the back the front wings have been etched out for aero without knowing what aero was i think yeah i'm not really sure that's arrow. <laughs> uh and i love the fact that the grille wraps round inside the wheel arch well where the wheel arch would be
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and I love it's it has got an air break. that's crazy okay so that i was going to choose one that we probably don't all know much better which was the 1955 lincoln futura why do we all know that because that turned into the original adam west batmobile oh uh, we go. yes i uh, thought you were going to pick the ford nucleon do you know what that was my backup if you'd chosen the Futura, i was going for the nucleon if you want to know more about the full nucleon have a little bit of a read of the list but i just think it's really cool in a yep. sort of oh goodness thank goodness they didn't make it sort of way how mad were we as humans i know <laughs> the trouble is with that is can you imagine how much it would weigh oh on just normal brakes, because <laughs> you've got that and then you've got all the shielding yeah it's crazy don't crash <laughs> <laughs>
1: Please, no one rear-end rear that. Oh, my word. <laughs> Sorry, Lower Delaware is now a no-go zone. because <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I just, you see the, the, the trucks they use to carry. Sorry, the nucleon has its own little internal reactor, you see. That's a, its a own nuclear reactor. It's a nuclear-powered car, in theory and yeah yeah just just what would happen but you see what the sort of trucks that they used to carry small amounts of, of radioactive material <laughs> and the sort of the you know flashing lights before and flashing lights after and you'd pretty much have to have that for every single car on the road if there were that yes anyway <laughs> Very, it, super cool it looks so great i just love how cab forward it is which yes. you can do because you've got all that weight at the back yeah. in that great big wasted space because it's not like the fuel sort of disappears so it starts getting lighter no no, no. Well, not. well not in your lifetime not in your half lifetime <laughs> anyway <laughs> and finally andrew it's your turn
1: okay and finally and this is the news that hot wheels would like to make a a die-cast toy car of your pride and joy, so it could be enjoyed by millions. There is a sort of competition-y thing that uh, is allowing you to put forward your car and why you think it should be made uh, into a, a Hot Wheels model. Now, this is utterly brilliant, and I can't wait to see something incredibly British, please, be selected because, obviously, Hot Wheels, they really do American vehicles very well. Yes, they do. That's But, yeah. you know, a, a mad Morris Minor or something would be quite cool to see in amongst everything else. So do click through on the show notes and find out more details if you think your car has what it takes to fly
0: the flag for Britain. Yeah, it's the website for it is... Hot Wheels UK Legends uk, But if you click through, you'll get the whole story. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a link straight there as well. Yep. He says, going, won't there, Andrew? Yes, the Yeah, we'll, you've got oh, to do actually, it by the 14th of October. Yeah, because Car Throttle's YouTube channel will uh,
1: broadcast live the, 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 the de- de- decision. Even, I, I got that wrong.
0: You've got to do it before the 1st of October. The judging is on the 14th. So, 1st of October. Oh, including Ian Callum.
1: CBE. Ooh. Excellent. Gosh. Oh, Awesome. That British. looks great. Well, I will try and tune in for that. Mm-hmm. You do. I enjoy Carthorne Channel. But please please do go and get involved in that and do submit something and let's try and get something really, really British done. Yeah. That'd be ace.
0: Good luck. <laughs> Parish notes this week. Uh, there aren't really any, to be honest. There was no Zoom Zoomers last night because technical wonders. So... Why not hit up a special edition? There will be new special editions coming out very soon. Uh, we've just been a little bit snowed under the last few weeks. We've got stuff to record. We've got stuff that will be recorded. Yep. And, and and all sorts of bits and pieces. Hopefully special edition on Friday. Just, I just need Thursday night to not be too interrupted. That's that, really. I think that brings us to the end of the show, unless I've missed anything, Andrew. Nope. Nope. Okay, so don't forget, everyone, that between now and next week, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please remember you can support us financially via Patreon, and please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally,
0: what's the best way for them to do that? Best way to do that is via Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. Before I forget, there was one more thing I had to say in Parish Notes, and that was to thank Rich Gooding for sitting in for me last week. I completely yes. forgot. I'm so sorry, Rich. But Andrew and I will be back soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues and safe motoring.